0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV is brilliant television told brilliantly. From charmingly cozy mysteries to daringly dark dramas. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. Acorn TV. Brilliant. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Grammarly. Today, people are working to innovate and do more in their workdays. But coming up with fresh ideas and quick responses can be tough. Introducing Grammarly Go, a product offering personalized generative AI communication assistance that will change the way you write. With just a few clicks, Grammarly Go can ideate, compose, and rewrite thoughtfully, accelerating your productivity and unlocking your creativity. Go to grammarly.com go.
1: In the trippy new absurdist comedy Dream Scenario, Nicolas Cage plays a schlubby, unremarkable biology professor. Suddenly and inexplicably, he starts appearing in the dreams of people around the world. This phenomenon brings him a weird and difficult to manage kind of fame for a while, until the dreams start turning into nightmares. I'm Glenn Weldon, and today we're talking about Dream Scenario on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from our sponsor, Whole Foods Market. Planning a party or honoring a recent grad? Whatever the celebration, Whole Foods Market can make things easy, starting with some delicious marinated steaks, always antibiotic and hormone-free. Simple and easy eats are ready in the prepared foods department. And for dessert, how about a luscious berry chantilly cake? Not in the mood to cook? Their catering menu offers festive options ready to order online at shop.wfm.com. Start every celebration at Whole Foods Market. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Third Love. Third Love makes solutions for every bra problem. Give yourself more lift, smoothing, and get straps that stay put. Every style's wear tested on real women, made from premium materials, with a virtual fitting room to help you find your perfect fit. Comfort and support are guaranteed. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. This message comes from NPR sponsor CarMax. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because CarMax believes you shouldn't just settle for a car, you should love your car. That's why every car they sell has CarMax-certified quality, so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. Don't settle, find love at first drive. Start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework.
1: Joining me today is Vulture TV critic Roxana Haddadi. Hey, Roxana.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: Good. Prepared to talk about this, I think. Uh, In Dream Scenario, Nick Cage plays Paul. He is an unprepossessing, bald, bearded, bespectacled, tenured biology professor given to wearing a sad green parka who starts appearing in people's dreams.
2: Have you been dreaming
1: about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. He's confused by this, as is his wife, Janet, played by Julianne Nicholson. Even though he doesn't do much in any of the dreams he appears in, the real-life Paul becomes an internet celebrity of a sort. Fame beckons, and temptation along with it, complicating his life, his family, and his sense of self. When the dreams he appears in start turning to nightmares, his life becomes a nightmare, too, causing Paul to lash out at the unfairness of it all. Dream Scenario was written and directed by Norwegian filmmaker Christopher Borgli. It's his first English-language feature. It arrives in theaters tomorrow. Roxana, hit me. What'd you make of this very complicated to talk about movie?
2: Very complicated to talk about is a good way to put it, because I have such mixed feelings about this movie. On the one hand, I'm not a Nicolas Cage maniac, but I enjoy him very much. I think he's had a very fascinating career. And I do like the very meta turn that he's been doing in the last few years where he's always playing like a Nicolas Cage Type, Uh And the movie does a really smart thing, I think, in nodding to that and sort of undercutting who we think Nicolas Cage is, like this over-actor who hams it up all the time. The movie sort of pushes Uh against that. And I found a lot of what Nicolas Cage is doing really interesting and really funny. But I also think the third act of this movie sort of feels like they didn't have an idea past let's have Nicolas Cage do all this like wacky stuff and comment on who he is in our collective consciousness and unconsciousness. So I really Uh enjoy it. But I'm sort of puzzling over what the ending could have been rather than what we got.
1: What about you? Yeah, we can't really talk about it, but the ending isn't so much an ending. It's not satisfying. I completely agree with you there. Mm-hmm. But let's dig into this performance because, first of all, I'm here for bald, beardy, bespectacled, basic middle-aged <laughs> men representation in film. It is our time. This is my favorite kind of Nick Cage. I am not here, unlike a lot of what we used to call film Twitter, I'm not here for Nicholas Uncaged. Mm-hmm. Never never really did anything for me. I like a Nicholas Caged. And when he's digging into something, he's finding something. I think he's finding something here. Yeah. Now... I also struggled with this though, Roxana, because it is, you can't say this isn't a mannered performance, right? He's doing a lot. There's a lots of bits in here. He's doing a very pinched nasal voice. Mm-hmm. He's doing this very nerdy laugh. He's doing that weird head shaky thing, which again made me laugh every time. Not saying I didn't love it, but it's very like a choice. And then there's the parka and the boots. It could come off like he's judging the character. And then when you read interviews with him about this movie and he calls, Paula beta male. you're like, "Oh, we're we still doing that?" Yeah. Did he rise above that for you? Did you find something real in here?
2: I thought I did, but what's interesting is I think I found the realist moments when he's not doing any of that stuff. Exactly. So, you know, this movie is about this character who starts showing up in people's dreams. And I don't necessarily think it's a spoiler to say that he doesn't do much in the dreams yeah. as you said. He's just mm-hmm. sort of there. As an observer. And those moments I think are really interesting because he's not doing any of the choices that you've said in those moments. He's mostly silent. And he just has these like observational looks on his face like he's taking it all in, (laughs) taking in the places Uh he is in, Uh taking in the weirdness of these dreams. And that is really interesting to me because I think, like you said, I really like Nicholas Uncaged. Like, I like Mandy. Uh-huh, sure. I like, like, bringing out the dead. I like Face Off. You know, like, you like when Cage uh-huh. goes for it. I like his Dracula. But I think it's a nice reminder that he can do a lot with a little as well. And that tension between, like, the schlubbiness of this character in his quote-unquote real life and the sort of hard to read, hard to parseness of his dream life is what I think right. the movie does really, really well. And when it sort of loses track of that, I think the movie sort of gets off loses track its course. Yeah. But yeah. that those undersold Nicolas Cage moments I think are really powerful.
1: That is such a great observation, because that's it. He allows Paul moments of Mm self-realization, of, like, moments when he actually hears himself and he kind of, like, chastises himself or where he's brought up short. And we get the sadness and we get the loneliness. And if we didn't have those moments, this would come off much more cynical and easy. It wouldn't risk much. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually reminded a lot of his performance in Raising Arizona, which is a much bigger and more cartoonish film than this one is. That was so over-the-top farcical that... If it didn't resonate, if he didn't give us moments when you can see that that character is kind of soulful, it wouldn't land. And I think this does land, although he plays with making fun of this guy a lot, too. But let me ask you a question. This movie is in conversation with cancel culture, in a way. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't do anything to earn his fame, and he didn't do anything to have the world turn against him. The film makes fun of people who use words like trauma and lived experience. What? What's what's going on here, Roxanna? What is this film trying to say about quote-unquote, cancel culture?
2: Do you think it's trying to say anything? I don't know if it's, hmm. Again, this is a moment where I'm like, this film is doing like 18 different things at once. I think that it is trying to say something about how a specific type of person can feel persecuted. But I also think that when it puts this figure in other people's dreams, just like random people, his students, whatever – I also Uh think it's saying like those other people who are so different from who he is, who aren't like a tenure track professor with a comfortable home life, they also feel persecuted. Uh So I think it's less about cancel culture for a specific kind of person and more just about the culture that we live in now where everyone to a certain degree feels perceived and surveilled. And what does that sort of like widespread paranoia really do to interpersonal relationships? That's interesting. There's this whole like beta, cuck, all these like exhausting words that I had hoped we had left behind culturally. (laughs) And I think the (laughs) movie Surface Level is talking about that. But I also think there's like a critique of capitalism and Internet fame here. I don't know if the movie really like earns that as much, but there's like a very funny scene with Michael Sarah sure. as like a marketing PR guy who just yep. doesn't care at all what he's selling. And Kate Berlant, the great Kate Berlant as well. Yep. Yeah, he just wants to sell. And so those moments mm-hmm. I think are smart and sort of interrupt this cancel culture idea. I think it's more about mocking where we are. Right now, across a variety of industries. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving the movie more credit. I, what do you think?
1: No, I think you found a through line that I didn't quite because I felt this film was trying to have it both ways. Mm-hmm. To me, this is the worldview of someone who gets challenged. And fully believes that they did nothing wrong. To them, it feels completely random and unfair as if they started appearing in somebody's dream and they did nothing. And yet the world turns on them. Mm -hmm. But it also gets right that like a lot of dudes who when you challenge them and you give them the opportunity to explain, they just have this outpouring of resentment and affrontedness and how dare the world deny me what it owes me. And there is in Paul that tragic flaw. I mean – Paul doesn't do anything to get into people's dreams, but he is fundamentally flawed by wanting fame Mm -hmm. at all costs. And so he ignores the very sensible warnings of his wife. He leaps at the chance to go on TV. He basks in this attention. And he is convinced, because he's special, that he can ride the wave of fame instead of getting washed out to sea by it. And I can hear thousands of classical studies professors out there shouting hubris and hamartia because that's what we're dealing with here. And, you know, Ari Aster is a producer of this film. I think you can tell. I think his DNA is all over the place. You don't need (laughs) Luminol; You can find it. It's right there. It's all over the place. (laughs) This might be a slightly gentler Ari Aster. Yeah. Is this film fair to Paul, or is that even the right question to be asking?
2: Oh, man. I don't think it's fair to Paul, but I also don't know if that's the question, right? Like, I think Paul is meant to represent so much about what we assume we're owed anyone like of course paul Mm -hmm. is a certain type of guy Mm -hmm. but i also think once you start meeting the other people who are trying to take advantage of his like newfound fame and Mm -hmm. omnipresence i think this film's circle of judgment gets bigger i thought a lot about the weird relationship with being a quote-unquote normal person And is it weird as a normal person to want more for yourself? Like, should people be punished Uh for trying to strive above what they currently have? Like, should you accept mediocrity or normalcy? Or, you know, is it aspirational to want more? Or is it... A matter of being punished to want more. Yeah. This film's asking a lot of questions they don't entirely answer. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said about the
1: social media aspect of this film. Yeah. The broad satire of influencer culture and spawn con and PR gurus. As soon as that started up, man, the, the hairs in the back of my neck stood up because that is in in this <laughs> our modern age, that is some low-hanging fruit. And mm-hmm. we have been People have been satirizing that for 10 years or more. And I thought, okay, well, here's where the movie stops being specific and weird and starts getting broad and generic. Yeah. Even in the movie Barbarian, there's a scene where Justin Long's character gets a call from his people that is very similar to the call that Paul gets from his people. For me, though, it stayed within the lines because I, I think Michael Sarah and Kate Berlant are exactly the people who have played exactly these kind of worms before. And I thought they found new ground to cover. And I also thought that the actor Dylan Galula who I remembered from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She plays yes. an assistant at the PR firm that has a kind of fixation on Paul. The script asks a lot of her, and I think she knocks it out of the park. I also think she ultimately invested more into the character than maybe the script did. So that kind of saved those scenes for me. How about you?
2: I think that scene might be the standout of the entire film for me. Yeah, There is a long scene where she invites paul into her apartment and it becomes this sort of analysis on getting what you want Mm -hmm. and paul has assumed that he should get what he wants this entire film so when he's faced with that i think the movie goes in like a really smart analytical direction it's probably the funniest scene of the movie i think Mm -hmm. like you said it's a little bit of like low-hanging fruit You know, when you put, like, an older male character and a younger female character together in her apartment. Uh But I agree that I think Dylan Galula's performance here is putting a lot into a character that I think the film would otherwise assume that we would dismiss.
1: Right, exactly.
2: In that moment, it felt the most like the film taking the side of what Paul would assume and then just tearing it apart. And I think that's Mm -hmm. when the movie is best, when it, like really digs into Paul's perspective and highlights all of those flaws. This film is called Dream Scenario because a lot of it takes place in
1: dreams. There's only so many ways to depict dreams on film, and people have been doing it for literally a century. Uh, what do you think? How's it handled that?
2: I think that the film does this in really interesting ways. Like, we start in a dream which I thought was a really, Uh like, solid way to get us invested in the absurdity of this entire situation. We Uh start in a dream that does not make sense, but that Uh introduces us to who Paul is, his relationship with his family, how they already might view him as lacking or sort of absent. Sure. And it's shocking. Like, I think I, like, screamed a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) in the first few minutes of this film. And then I thought it was really interesting how we move into the dreams throughout. Like, we get one-on-one discussions of what the dreams are. We sometimes don't get transitions from when Mm -hmm. we're going from reality to the dreamscape. There's a scene later on where it's almost like a group therapy session, Mm -hmm. and they cycle through all their dreams. I think visually and sort of in terms of form, there's some really interesting stuff With the dream scenario aspect of it, sometimes it just feels like a little bit imbalanced with what the rest of the film is trying to say. Like, they're having a really good time filming those dreams. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes back to, like, the film's plot proper, there's not sometimes as much there.
1: Yeah, this is definitely one of those films when when you type the title into Google, it will autofill... Meaning of ending.
2: <laughs> ending
1: explainer. Ending explainer, yes. And then some <laughs> uh, website you've never heard of before will just be kind of slurping in all those hits because it knows it can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we want to know what you think about Dream Scenario. Find us at facebook.com slash pchh. That brings us to the end of our show. Roxana Haddadi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This episode was produced by Liz Metzger and Romel Wood and edited by Jessica Riddy and Mike Katziff. And Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Glenn Weldon, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at betterhelp.com slash NPR to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on